Welcome to the Inspiro Podcast, a podcast exploring personal growth, leadership, strategy, communication, and fulfillment. We are your hosts, Jason Luchtefeld and Bill Woodburn. I'm here as a dentist transitioning into a career to help facilitate individuals and their organizations towards a more fulfilling future. Hi there, I'm Bill Woodburn, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and licensed marriage and family therapist in Austin, Texas. I'm fascinated by the way people come together to solve problems, whether that's couples or families, dental practices or organizations. We're going to be exploring a lot of topics, and for us to be able to be free to do that, I have to let you know that this is not intended to be dental advice or counseling advice. In this episode, we will be talking about the struggles of the new practitioner. And I think we're being intentionally vague here about what kind of practitioner. While we have counselor and dentist on the call today, I think what we'll talk about will be relevant for any healthcare practitioner that is new to their field. So I would see that extending into medicine, nursing, hygiene, uh, not just counseling, but also psychology, uh, psychiatry, a number of things, because some of what we're going to be talking about is just universal to finding yourself from being in school, being told what to do, to now being uh, the one in charge. Now, what do yeah. you do? So I have a kind of a short list of directions I think this could go. And I know this has been a topic that is of particular interest for you and has been for quite some time. So I think we can see where the floodgates lead us. Sounds good. Spill the beans on the table, I always say. My first thought in coming into practice is that there's generally two avenues a dentist pursues. And that is either as an associate or as an owner. So as an associate, you are either an employee or you're an independent contractor, which outside of taxes, there's really no difference in dentistry, unfortunately. Being owner has dramatic differences. So what we're seeing now is uh, over the last 10 plus years, the number of owner dentists has continued to dramatically decline. And that's because there's much more corporate ownership of dental practices now. So many more dentists are associates. And I'll add a piece. Uh, it's something I saw very dramatically with my previous primary care physician um, because she she was making this announcement to all her patients with letters and stuff is that essentially she was being um, sort of bought out by corporate medicine, but she was going to continue to work there. It was going to be the same services and da, da 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 And she was so excited. And so I got a chance to chat with her. And her idea was that it was going to unburden her from the leadership role that, frankly, she was f failing in badly. And that, that, that the, the, you know, corporate side would, would handle hiring, firing, staffing, paying, and it was going to be great. And then she could get back to medicine. Um, the curious thing was three years later, she wasn't there anymore mm -hmm. uh, because she really didn't like it. 
a lot of those decisions she's were yeah i know they were difficult decisions for someone that was trained in medicine not corporate leadership to make but the nature of her workplace was determined by those decisions not the medicine she was doing mm -hmm. so she she thought oh this will make my workplace so much better what she found is she'd hand it off to other people, um, both the responsibility, but also the power to shape her workplace and to determine to some extent what, what kind of medicine she did and how long she took to do it and how many patients she saw. And uh, she thought it was going to be better than it was. Yeah, I think that brings up a good point. And maybe there's value in exploring that just a little bit. The decision-making process, if you are either practicing and wanting to sell or you're fresh out of school and you're looking at uh, taking a job. There's a number of different corporate models that run the gamut from being really effective and, and great for bringing people in and the opposite of that, where you're thrown into a fire and not given any fire extinguisher or anything else. Knowing that in advance can be really helpful, but sometimes you don't. So mm. What I've learned in my limited experience with corporate dentistry so far is that on-site leadership is extremely helpful. So that, like you just said, there is a major, that's the major, probably the number one reason, uh, maybe. Tied for number one is uh, people thinking they're going to get out of having to lead the office because they're frustrated by that and I want to get out of that role. Number two and, is money. And and the, the leadership role is what I also see um, where dental schools and dental training are really underserving young dentists. Yeah. Um, one possibility is they just are taught anything and they just assume if they do good dentistry, everything will magically you know happen. Um, almost worse than that, They've talked to a few people who claim to know and said, this is how it's going to be. Only, you know, they they weren't there to shepherd them through the whole process. They just gave them a couple of ideas yeah. um, and then and then went on. Uh, so one of the first pieces I see, particularly with new dentists or new new owner, new dentist owners, is that sudden shock of I there is so much I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's just a knowledge deficit. Um, it's not like they're bad people. They want the best, whatever. I actually don't know how to achieve what I'm trying to achieve. I don't know step one, step two, step three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So coming into a practice as an associate that has <laughs> an in-place leadership that is on site helps with that tremendously. Yes. Coming in, so there are some places that the, if we're talking still about the associate that comes in, there are some that help to guide the dentist, but they expect the dentist to be the on-site leader. That's really tough from day one to ask of uh, somebody new because as you're just pointing out, you realize how much there is that you don't know. And while you are maybe fairly self-confident coming out of school. I, I know I was, I was, I was overconfident to be honest, coming out of school 
and thinking I knew all they needed to know about everything. And that helped to drive me, but I opened a practice after a one-year residency. So I had a little bit more clinical experience, but zero business experience and zero leadership experience. Coming in, what I found was a feeling of being overwhelmed at the number of things that ended up on my plate that I didn't realize would be on my plate. And the there's, there's a phenomenon that I've been tracking. And even if it's someone who has been an associate before, when they, when they buy a practice and it's finally theirs and they are responsible, about six, eight months later, I'm talking with them. And often there's this, this terrible anxiety that has begun to creep up. And as one of them said, I suddenly realized that I don't know what I don't know. And that there are things hiding here that that I don't even know where to look for them. It's yeah. not like I just don't know how to do them. I don't know if I should even be checking for this. And I've overlooked things that have later caused disturbance in the team, has caused someone to quit, has, has messed up uh, uh, some of the systems in the office. And I just... I didn't know. And now I'm getting really twitchy about doing anything because it, like, I, I'll touch it and I'll break it because I won't know really what's the ramification of this piece of the system or what what really is that person in the office doing and in charge of and how do I talk to them? And so there's almost a like an overconfidence and then a sudden anxiety of, oh my gosh, I, I don't want to touch anything. So my solution to that... <laughs> out of school was take more CE. I thought the answer was somewhere in the CE pantheon. And if I just uh, spend all my <laughs> extra income on CE and travel, travel for the CE, that eventually I will be the world's greatest dentist and be able to diagnose anything and all you do is you just tell the patient what they need and they do it, right? Yeah. Well, after about four years, I realized it doesn't work that way. And I may have had a lot of knowledge, but I didn't know how to share it. And I didn't know how to lead the team in mm -hmm. helping with that process. That's where you start. And maybe for some people, it happens even earlier, where you start to, like you just said, take your hands off of things and back away because you don't want to break it. You have a few conversations with patients that runs them off. You have a couple interactions with team members that don't go quite so well. You want some, somebody wants a raise and you have no idea what, how to manage that conversation. One thing that I learned later than I would have liked is that there is tremendous value in learning how to talk to people. <laughs> in, in, across different roles. So my role as a dentist to a patient, my role as an owner to an employee, my, my role as a dentist to a colleague who I'm referring to, all these have different conversation slash leadership styles that I need to be able to manage. Yes, yes. And check me on this, but what I think I've seen out in the field is is the what I call the EICE gap, which is someone plunges into more and more CE, which makes them 
an incredibly skilled dentist and they get very excited about the new things they're learning and the new things they can do and the things they can bring to patients. Nothing wrong with that. But their ability to communicate that to the patient in a way that gets the patient on board to do it means that they're, they're diagnosing more and more and the patients are refusing more and more. And then there's this almost burnout phenomena that occurs when you can't do the most exciting stuff, you know, and, and it's like, no, I'm just, I just have to do that everyday stuff. That's getting a little boring now. Yeah. I, I, I want to do that stuff. I learned, you know, at Panky or wherever, you know, I, I was like, man, I went out to Las Vegas. I got this cool stuff to do and nobody wants it. That's right. <laughs> and I think that is because of what we see, we see social media, people posting different things, photographs, before and after cases, all that stuff. What we don't get to see is the conversation that happened. And so we think, oh, if I can do that treatment, then I'll feel better about myself. I'll be able to do better for my patients, all of that. Well, we, we didn't see the hours of conversation that led up to being able to do that treatment on that patient or with that patient. Mm-hmm. And that is something that is really hard to share outside of a person having an experience, realizing that's what's missing, and then learning how to fill that gap. Yes, yes. And unfortunately, you know, once you are a dentist, you'll never be able to walk into a dental office as a patient anymore, really. Mm. You know, you're a dentist there perhaps to get a crown, but you're not an actual everyday patient. And so now you're a little bit isolated from what it's like. Um, that happened to, to, to me a few years ago when I changed offices and I walked into my new office and I suddenly, since it was new, saw it the way a, a client might see it on their first visit. My old office, I had been in there 25 years. I mean, there was no way I could reconstruct. What does this look like and feel like when a new client shows up? I couldn't do that. Um, What is it like to sit there in that office, you know, with this person you don't know, wondering what you're going to say to them? Mm-hmm. And and being able to actually experience that again with the new office was a was a huge gift. Fresh eyes make a huge difference. <clears throat> yeah, and it's hard to get fresh eyes. There you go. That's part one of our struggles of the new practitioner series. Uh, this will go on for a couple more episodes. We're going to keep the episodes short and easy. And again, you'll get one every Thursday. So tune in, enjoy, and if needed, reach out, inspiropodcast at gmail.com.